it is a beautiful day to focusing on empowering women in their health journeys. And so today I'm here to talk about PCOS. It's our awareness month for PCOS. It's something that I see so common with the women that I work with. And you're probably like, okay, well, who the hell are you and what are you talking about? And so I'm Coach Kylie. I'm a registered dietitian, health and wellness coach, registered yoga therapist, and personal trainer. And I focus on the integrative aspects of improving our health. So our internal, physical, and mental health components that really seal the deal and allow us to live our healthiest lives possible. So today I brought on a great friend of mine. She's another dietitian. Her name's Sarah. Um, I will have her information linked in the bio, and we are really just going to dive into what PCOS is and how we can focus on best managing that. So I'm going to let Sarah tell you guys a little bit about herself and her specialty, and then we'll dive in to talking about PCOS and all those good stuff. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so hey, everyone, I'm Sarah Alvander. Um, I work as a PCOS dietitian, as Kylie has mentioned. Um, so I'm on Instagram as PCOSweight.loss. Um, but basically, I, I just love the endocrine space, um, you know, in my internship and throughout my like nutrition training, I've always really loved working with, you know, women and especially women with diabetes, women with PCOS, women with fertility issues, period irregularities, uh, weight loss. And so naturally, I kind of found my way into the PCOS space since that kind of encompasses everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I also have a family history of PCOS. So that kind of helps, you know, kind of get me into this space, um, you know, finding myself in this community. And yeah, I just, I really enjoy helping women find sustainable approaches to weight loss, right? No fad dieting, none of that. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's a little bit about what I do. Um, and of course, you know, all through Instagram online. So I get to connect with all of you from, you know, everywhere in the States, even outside of the country. So that's always been really nice, you know, meeting new people for sure too. Yeah, absolutely. I love the reach that social media provides us now where we can just connect and help so many different women worldwide. And I love what you said, kind of not necessarily like that. It's great that you have like family history relating to PCOS, but I feel like when we share the passion and we understand the ups and the downs of struggles that other women are facing, that it shows that we have skin in the game and we care and we're passionate about what we do. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, PCOS, like at least from what I've seen in the health trends is just getting diagnosed more and more often. I see more and more women having PCOS and it's because we're advocating for ourselves because Mm -hmm. it's not normal to have heavy and painful periods. And uh, we shouldn't band-aid that with quick fixes or being considered that we're emotional or women and letting that degrade what symptoms that you guys are absolutely kind of understanding what, um, what PCOS is and like what those symptoms are is sometimes most important Mm -hmm. because they can feel really common, like just regular things like having oily skin or having hormonal acne or weight gain. Those are really experiences, but then sometimes people are like, Oh, well, I just started college or, Oh, I just started a desk job. So it makes sense. I gain weight. Well, like sometimes it doesn't make sense. And it's important to recognize that. But, you know, some of the other things that can be really common are um, insulin resistance, having um, either losing hair or gaining more hair, having a history of uh, gestational diabetes. If you have had pregnancy experiences before, um, ultimately 
some of the things that are harder to characterize too are having intense cravings, especially those sweet or those salty cravings or right. even having um, experiences with um, anxiety and depression. So it really can feel like a catch-all, but could actually have a more concrete diagnosis where you could have some support and results um, that are based off of nutrition mm-hmm. and exercise to help with that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I love that you actually mentioned that because I have so many people that message me, you know, and it unfortunately just like takes so long, like they have these symptoms, right? But it's almost like they're being gaslit by their providers. Mm -hmm. um, And it takes so long for them to actually be diagnosed. And I know that there are several factors that kind of go into the diagnosis, you know, part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's really hard too when you have these symptoms and, you know, you're just told, oh, your labs are normal, like, it's fine. It's almost like it's all in your head when it's, when it's really not. And I think that's hard for people too. Of course, because at the end of the day, it takes a lot of mustard up courage to be like, okay, this is not something I can continue to say is normal. Like I need some help. And then you go right. for that help. And as much as there's health professionals like us who are really there to listen and support, there are equally if not more professionals really <laughs> broken down by the healthcare system. It's right. It's a problem. And I could spend, you know, a couple other hours <laughs> ranting about those problems too. But it's just so important to have that support, get the testing done, get the diagnoses you need. And that requires a lot of strength and advocacy that we shouldn't have to have, but unfortunately we do need to to push for sometimes. So I'm curious, like on average, like how how often do you see people getting diagnoses as, as it's getting more normalized? Do you feel like it's still taking quite a bit of time somewhere in between, maybe a little bit less time now? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I feel like um, it's kind of hard to say because honestly, like most of the people that like the clients that are in my program already have PCOS. So they're kind of like past that stage of like getting diagnosed. Um, but I will say like kind of from different people, I've heard like maybe a year, maybe a few years. Um, you know, I've heard anywhere from basically a couple months to a year or a few years. Um, and I don't know, like maybe, maybe, you know, lately I know there's been a couple more like research articles being, you know, published about PCOS. So, um, you know, maybe that's kind of a trend that's changing now that people are talking about it more, you know, I hope to see that kind of decline, but yeah, I will say it's a little bit hard for me to answer just because a lot of my clients, you know, they already have PCOS or, they have enough of the PCOS symptoms that I feel comfortable, like kind of gearing weight loss towards, you know, PCOS for them, if that makes sense. So 100%, it, it makes sense because a lot of people are like, okay, I have this now, how do I fix that? You know, and then that's mm-hmm. really where the research comes in. And sometimes we don't know that that's like, we like, I've you know, beat this horse already. We don't know that that's the problem. So we're looking up these fad diets and we see this TikToks about a juice cleanse and we try all these things that are right. actually- um, super anticlimactic and don't mm-hmm. help the symptoms and experiences you're having if you do have PCOS. So what would you say some of the biggest challenges are for women that are diagnosed with PCOS? Yeah, I'll say, um, you know, because I work primarily with weight loss, um, a lot of like women with PCOS, they come to me and they're really struggling with the weight gain, you know, especially, um, a lot of it, like PCOS is characterized by this rapid weight gain. It's almost mm-hmm. like, you know, I hear all the time, like, oh, I gained 35 pounds and I didn't change my diet, you know, nothing really changed, but I gained this within a matter of months, you know, and it's, it's really, it does a number. Like I know, 
you know, everyone's a little bit different, right? But like, sometimes it's not just about the number on the scale, but it's about like looking in the mirror and are you confident and are you happy with what you see? And as women, you know, unfortunately appearances sometimes can really get to us, right? We can get kind of like sensitive about that. We want to feel confident and feel comfortable in our skin, but that's, that's kind of, um, and again, I can't like speak for all women with peace with us. I'm just saying, because I work in the weight loss space, right? Like the Um, weight, the weight kind of comes up a lot. Um, so yeah, definitely weight gain is kind of like a big concern, not feeling comfortable in your own skin, being the biggest that you've ever been. And that's really challenging. And then kind of beyond that, I do work. Um, so because I'm in the weight loss space, I also help women with PCOS lose weight and improve their cycles. So the regular periods kind of that we were talking about a little bit before, and then I do, um, these are a lot of different topics, but there's just so much that comes up with PCOS. Um, but fertility as well. I've helped women lose weight, you know, um, kind of go through the path of not just losing weight, right. But like improving your cycles. Cause some, someone with PCOS have no cycle. And if you don't have a cycle, you can't ovulate. And if you can't ovulate, you can't get pregnant. So (laughs) it just causes a host of all (laughs) these problems. Right. So I help women with PCOS lose weight. Um, again, that's, that's a big struggle, get their period back, get it optimal. And by the way, this isn't, uh, we know as women, it's not just for fertility, but you need your period for other reasons too. Um, but a lot of the women that come to me, they do want to get pregnant. And that's, that's also what I kind of help them with from a nutrition, um, impact. And then, uh, while I am thinking of it, one last thing is the insulin resistance, uh, mm-hmm. cravings are huge. You know, the insulin resistance contributes to that. So, um, and that's really hard too, because, you know, I feel like a lot of times when with PCOS are told like, oh, just, just work out or just eat less or just oh. do this. And it's just not the same, you know, when you have that insulin resistance, when you're, when you're constantly hungry and you have cravings, it just makes weight loss so much harder, you yeah. know? So I, I empathize. I really do. And it's hard too right now, especially with a lot of the waste loss medications that are coming out. And I, you Mm -hmm. know, there's a time and place. So I'm not, you know, giving a hard stance because I do believe in circumstantial situations. However, I think a lot of healthcare providers with how little time they get to spend with patients are just trying to give quick fixes. And this is, yes, I've seen it for PCOS. I've seen it in so many other situations too, Mm -hmm. in regards to health GI conditions and bloating and weight gain or heart condition, diabetes. And it's just so challenging right now because I get that we want weight loss a lot of times, Mm -hmm. especially in these cases, I've seen women, like you said, gain anywhere between 10 and 80 pounds. And that just is a huge drastic change. And that mentioned, of course, you know, we want to you know, fit whatever stupid beauty standard social media has in the <laughs> moment. Yeah. But two, it really does take a toll on your body in regards to how you're feeling every day. And if you don't feel like yourself, you're mm-hmm. losing days, years, months of your life that don't feel like you. And that's no fun. I understand how mm-hmm. that feels from a different perspective with my past history with auto right. conditions. And it's a, it's a terrible cycle to go through. And so my point in saying all of that is that sometimes that weight loss medication can be a quick fix, but it really is just a band-aid to the cascade mm-hmm. of issues that we can actually treat through nutrition, medication, exercise, and lifestyle choices. So I'm curious when you look at PCS and you are working with someone, what is kind of some of the biggest things that you like to focus on to help support them with their journey in PCOS? Yeah. So, um, you know, I kind of use, I like to think of it as like a unique approach to PCOS. So I, I do like to look at the person as a whole, right. Cause I, I think when it comes to weight, it's not just like, you know, input and output, it's not just like, Oh, let's, 
you know, fix nutrition and let's fix exercise. Like, yes, those things are absolutely important, but it's also your mindset defeating yeah. like the all or nothing mindset, struggling with your relationship with food there. So when I say holistic, I'm taking all of those, uh, kind of factors into account. Um, yeah. but I also probably, probably like the biggest thing that I do is I incorporate a Mediterranean style diet or lifestyle for my clients. Now there is not like one particular like diet per se that works for PCOS. Like I, I hear that come up, you know, in the, the field a lot. And for the most part, I agree with that. But, um, I will say, you know, when people hear the word diet, they think of like a fad diet or a quick fix. The Mediterranean diet is actually not diet despite the name. Um, we, you don't cut out any food groups. So it's not like, Oh, can't have carbs. Can't have this. Can't have that. No gluten or dairy. I hear that a lot for PCOS. It's more of a, and, a way of living. Right. Right. Exactly. It's a lifestyle. Um, so it's not a diet and because it's not a diet and because it can be tailored to the person, it actually does work for everyone with PCOS. PCOS. So for example, you know, if I have a client that has PCOS and we, you know, we do a Mediterranean style diet, right. But they can't tolerate dairy. That's okay. We'll just eliminate dairy, but you could still follow this. Um, if you can't have gluten, we can still follow this. If you have an allergy, we can, that's how flexible it is. It's not like these are hard and fast rules. Um, but the reason why I use it kind of to come around to your, to your answer, to answer your question, (laughs) um, it's an, it's anti-inflammatory and there's over 1.4 million research articles supporting a Mediterranean style diet. Um, I might be a little biased here, but we don't have research like that for any other diet or lifestyle out there. You know, there's people that live to hundred plus years that follow these eating principles, you know? So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, I love this. I'm actually really excited you brought that up because I studied abroad. I lived in Spain and Italy and I learned about the Mediterranean Mm -hmm. diet and the way of living. And what you were saying is people live to a hundred plus years and that's called our like blue zones. There's these special across the world. Um, that live longer and people are studying why this happens. And a lot of it, again, it's not somebody following some shitty juice cleanse diet, you guys, it's really about this way of living. So when we say it's a Mediterranean diet, it really just focuses on including foods that are anti-inflammatory, increasing your produce, increasing seafood and our healthy fats um, with less red meats, less dairy products and less sugar products. Um, yeah, unless processed food, you know, just like basically a healthful diet helps, you know, and what's great is what I've seen is the ma- the benefits have been amazing, like in my clients and really anyone that's implemented, you know, even outside of PCOS, the style of eating, but like, you know, women with PCOS are at higher risk for cardiovascular disease, hypertension, all of those things. So the Mediterranean diet works to help prevent that. It helps with fertility and ovulation because those healthful fats, right? Like the olive oil, the nuts, the seeds helps with regulating your cycle, helps balance your blood sugars because more fiber, more plants, right? So it's amazing how it tackles every little one of these things and then even prevents the risk of future chronic disease. So that's why I use it. It really is. And it can be adapted to, you know, each client, you know, and you don't even have to eat like Mediterranean food. A lot of people get confused with that too. Like, oh, I have to eat fish or I have to eat Greek food all the time. And I'm like, no, like I've had clients from like, you know, Hispanic backgrounds, other backgrounds, like we're making this work. You can absolutely follow it. So 
100% because guys, it's more about like the quantities of each food that you're choosing more than it is how you cook it or how you season it or how you prepare it. So you really can create this all encompassing approach. Like you could have chicken and rice every day, but that's really what you wanted. That sounds really cool. And I think it's so important to recognize too with PCOS that there's multiple areas that we can work in. So it's not just nutrition, but I kind of look at it as like pillars. Like I think there's five main points. So let me know if you agree with this, but I feel like nutrition is one of the biggest ones naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, Second naturally is medications, which you can or can't take. Like you can choose your direction. Um, Movement. So our exercise choices is is our third pillar. And then the last two are stress management and supplementation. I know that there's a handful of supplements, uh, vitamins and minerals that we can focus on that it can also help with the insulin resistance with inflammation management and really working t- um, in a positive way towards managing PCOS symptoms. Right. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I like that you actually like included medications because there's nothing, you know, and I know you're saying this too, there's nothing wrong with taking them understanding, you know, I think for some people too, like, I know that a lot of people want to go like kind of the natural route and like, that's, that's fine provided it's it's a safe option for them. But there's also nothing wrong with like, as you're working on your health, as you're working on your diet, sometimes you need to take medications along the way too. So I think that that's really helpful that you included that component there as well. Absolutely. And even the other way, sometimes you might need heavy hitters at first and you dive into the medication and the lifestyle choices. And as things start to stabilize, consulting with your doctor and slowly weaning off of them, you have the autonomy and the choice to kind of make whatever needs to happen, happen from that Mm -hmm. aspect. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that we were kind of on that same page there, are there specific supplements that you recommend for clients or do you mainly feel like the nutritional component with the Mediterranean diet is the best focus? I will say, um, I always try to do, you know, as dietitians, try to focus on food first, right? Um, So the Mediterranean diet, you know, it's, there, there are certain like key nutrients that you can find, you know, in food form or supplement form that are beneficial to PCOS. But I feel like a lot of people, you know, I mean, you know, this, of course, being a dietitian, but it's, I think the quote or the research statistic here is that 95%, I'm pretty sure it's 95%, um, 95% of Americans don't even consume the recommended fruits and vegetable servings. So true. And because of that, we're missing those key nutrients and minerals. And so then it's like, I feel, I feel like that's why a lot of women with PCOS, they buy these supplements and they realize, oh, like this is working or this is helpful, but really we just focus more on this other aspect and it's even cheaper too. Like I know the cost of food has gone up, you know, I, I get that. I do. Supplements are really expensive and might not always be necessary. Um, yeah. But I, so to answer that though, I do, I try to do the food first. That being said, there are instances where supplements are needed, right? If you yeah. still have a deficiency, you know, when you check your labs, that sort of thing. So some things that I like to um, have clients be mindful of is vitamin D. 100% As women, our bone health, you know, we're at higher risk for things like osteoporosis, all that fun stuff later on. <laughs> um, so yeah, vitamin D, um, uh, what else? So iron, um, so that, you know, like for hair too, as well, like hair loss and things like that. And anemias, that's very common in PCOS. Um, I'm trying to think, Ovacetol actually has some pretty good research behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will say that one's like, you know, out of all the supplements, that one's pretty, that one's pretty good, but still something that I recommend clients talk to their doctor about. Cause 
sometimes again, it's one of those things where they might need to be on medication like metformin. And I know people have side effects from that, but for some people it is necessary. Um, but yeah, I think like, so vitamin D, iron, calcium, um, zinc, that's another good one. Um, again, you can get these things in foods, but, um, if you did need to supplement, these are kind of just a couple, I mean, I could go on and on, but those are like kind of the main players that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Um, but definitely there's more for sure. And it depends on the person. Cause I almost, I agree with you on vitamin D. I, when I was doing my residency, it was like, you know, I, I chose my research project on, uh, the amount of vitamin D women are taking in regards to symptoms for you know, specific health diseases and the amount of vitamin D was so minute, like it was, it right. was so little. And so, you know, naturally, of course we want to support that with food and sunlight, but at the same time, we can only do so much and we have to be able to yeah. support ourselves in the best way possible. Now that does not mean guys do not go fill your shelves with a thousand different bottles. of <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I love vitamin D. I think fish oil is a really great option in regards to PCOS mm-hmm. as well as NAC. Um, and then oh, yeah, thank you. Those are some good ones. I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And this is why we collab guys. We love just like continuing to learn and educate and discuss between each other. And that's what makes a good health professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, um, or I guess four, if I'm doing my math right. Um, if we're looking to increase, um, pregnancy and our, um, working on fertility in salt in I can't talk right now in solid yeah, okay. can be, in, can be a really great option as well. Um, but you know, really just discussing this with a healthcare provider, making sure that you have, um, the best supplement sources, but making sure that they're also supportive of any health conditions or medications you're taking, because we don't want those things to be, um, interacting in a negative way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. And I, you know, food first, but I think that supplements are sometimes necessary. And I think that sometimes even a combination of the two, um, if done right can be very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. What type of lifestyle factors outside of nutrition do you feel like could be important recommendations for someone to maximize their work, um, on managing PCOS symptoms? Yeah, I will say um, it's often the simplest things, um, right? So like we were kind of talking a little bit earlier about movement. Um, so I like to differentiate, maybe people group this together. I don't know, but movement versus exercise. I feel like exercise, maybe just in my mind, you're the exercise person. It here, can but be like, like, in like my a mind, negative connotation. I get what you mean. Like people yeah. like to go pump iron like seven days a week and like right. go practice. It really doesn't have to be that. Is that kind right. of where you're heading? Kind of, yeah. Like, because it's like, I feel like when people hear the word exercise, me included, like we kind of feel like it has to be like this planned, like workout routine that has to be perfect or like lifting weights or this or that. But um, so I, I like to differentiate movement for, versus exercise. Movement is a lot simpler. When I talk about movement, I'm talking about getting your steps in, walking, um, you know, doing some stretches while you're waiting for a hot tea or while you're waiting for the microwave to go off or like, you know, like little things like that. But, um, I'm, I'm constantly telling my clients this, you know, I first of course go through nutrition with them, but then I'm like, okay, our next step is we're going to start adding some steps in your day. I don't care how many times you're going to the gym four or five times a week. A lot of times I get people that come to me and they're like, yeah, I'm doing all this, but then I'm not losing weight. And I'm like, we need to take it back to the stuff that's really going to be impactful. And that's going to be easier. And you know, this like with exercise as a background, right. But like, movement, like increasing your meat, you know, throughout the day that burns more calories, more energy at rest. It increases our metabolism. So I'm constantly telling people like, get those steps in, especially the sedentary lifestyle that a lot of people 
are kind of, you know, unfortunately, like we have no choice, right? Post COVID, a lot of us are working from home or sitting at a desk all day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and even if you're going to the gym four to five times a week, unfortunately, that's not enough if we're being sedentary all day for for weight loss, right? So we got to increase that movement. Yep, I agree. Yes, 100% agree. I think steps are a great, gentle indicator of getting enough movement in. And there's so many other things we can do too. So, you know, I have the background and scope of practice as a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, registered yoga therapist. So I look at movement, like you said, not necessarily in that we need to go pound out in the gym seven days a week, twice a day, because that's just not realistic or healthy or supportive. Um, We want to look at um, exercise from a gentle approach, but from an effective approach. And with PCOS, yes, gentle exercise can be really great. So things like stretching, steps, uh, doing yoga. But we also want to look at what's going to be beneficial for the individual. And in this case with PCOS, a lot of that has to do with two things, weight loss and insulin resistance. Um, And with that being the case, I really recommend doing weight training. Now, it doesn't have to be these crazy exercises or doing anything super insane. However, with doing weight training, we build muscle. And when we build muscle, that helps with two things. One, it helps us boost our metabolism. So that's going to help with weight loss. That's going to help balance hormones. But two, when we build our muscle, that helps with insulin resistance. And that helps us manage our blood sugars a bit better, which can then help with, like Sarah mentioned, those extreme cravings or feeling hungry all the time or really having that mismanaged blood sugar that could even require medication sometimes. So I do really recommend doing weight training as well as some sort of cardio. So like doing steps or doing a cardio machine, yoga, swimming, dancing, whatever you love that supports your goals and also supports your passions is really important. And if this sounds like oh my gosh, like this sounds really great, but I have no idea where to start or the gym gym stresses me out and I just don't know really where to go with that. Like I am always just a message away. We can talk it through. Um, You know, I think that one of the most important things is to have supportive exercise that is specific to you and to your health needs. And that's something that I can, you know, really help you with and allow you to get to a point where it's not just about weight loss, but it's about symptom management. It's about supporting you and your health overall. So that's kind of what I'd recommend exercise slash movement wise, because I do think that it is such a huge component of PCOS, because if we're sedentary all day, um, then it's not going to help our muscle cells with our metabolism, with our insulin resistance. Um, But it will be an advantage to you because with PCOS, you can actually put on muscle more easily. So you're going to be able to lose weight and tone more effectively with strength training and eating correctly in a way that's going to help support you with that. Yeah, yeah. So then kind of taking a step back from exercise and nutrition, I feel like there are a couple other factors that just us and women really need, but especially when we have a health condition, which includes really focusing on reducing inflammation, like stress management, getting enough sleep, supporting healthy boundaries, things along those lines too. Yeah, 100%. I think that's so important for PCOS, kind of like what you said, like with inflammation or the chronic stress that goes on. I think, you know, just taking care of yourself for, of course, I tell my clients to do like a self-care routine, right? I love that. 
Yeah. So do you feel like there's any really common things, maybe trends that you've seen a lot of women really like to focus on in regards to that self-care routine? Um, honestly, I kind of like, I kind of vary it for my clients. I don't know. I'm, I'm not thinking of any trends that come to mind now, but I will say, I feel like, so for my clients, like a lot of times too, they can struggle with emotional eating. So I'm trying to like direct the, like, if it's a stressful problem, we want to find a solution that's going to relieve that stress and not necessarily like resort to food um, as comfort, you know, like, um, so some, I don't know, sometimes it'll vary for my clients. Like some of my clients like to read. So I'm like, okay, like maybe set some time to 10, 15 minutes or to read or to meditate or, um, you know, some people find exercise relaxing, but some people, like if you're already exercising throughout the day, that's not really like self-care. No, it just yeah. Again, depends on the person. Like sometimes yoga is very helpful. Um, yeah. Sometimes a cozy bath, candles, um, you know, like what, whatever, you know, whatever you may need. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it really varies per person. I haven't found like a go-to, but like just kind of thinking through that, just making sure you have one. You know? Well, I think that's so important to recognize too. You kind of hit it on the head. Healthcare is individualized. Like there's no one size fits all approach to having PCOS. So like, you know, don't go off of what your mom's neighbor said or, you know, whatever else. I mean, it's great to have those support systems of other people and other women who have experienced it, but also recognize you're an individual who has different experiences, likes and dislikes and, right. you know, traumas or informed experiences that change how health looks for you as an individual. Exactly. Right. And so that I think it's important to kind of like meet people where they're at and just individualize it based on them. So for sure. 100%. Well, I have loved this conversation with you. I felt like it's just so great. And especially with it being PCOS Awareness Month, it just is a great source of advocacy for, for women. So I'm so glad you were able to hop on and chat about this a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Of course. So like if there's any, you know, questions, comments, concerns, I know Sarah really well and like she is the friendliest person ever. I think that it's just so important to know you guys have access to us outside of just like listening to a free podcast, which is so great. But like Sarah mentioned, I'll have her Instagram linked as well. There's so many free resources there too. Um, and I'm just saying this for both of us. We are always a DM away. If you have questions, if you need support, like we're there to be cheerleaders, we're there to help educate and we're here to be there for you in the best way possible. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much again for having me. And I appreciate that. My door is always open, you guys. So <laughs> thank you. All right, guys, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining today. And we hope you learned something great.